Okay, Ellie? Yes, have fun. Thank you. I'm about to leave the house. And when I return, hopefully I shall be a record breaker. How's that for a dramatic introduction? Just talking to my director there, who prefers not to speak. But obviously, you are aware, I assume, that this whole series has got a director. You know, this, this kind of thing can't just be... It sounds loose, but it has to be properly directed. David, do that bit again. Give it more urgency. We need some people. Make it sound like they're closer. We'll use some audio trickery to make it sound like those people are fewer than two metres away. As soon as I realised that we were going to be in isolation, I got this director on board. And it's very awkward having another person in the house. He's absolutely furious now that I'm even letting on that there's a director. You remember yesterday when we heard that weird sound and we didn't know what it was, and it turned out to be the bread maker, but there was that moment of drama. He put that in there. Originally, it was just going to be a simple blog with an anecdote while we were cooking some food in the kitchen. And the director said, we need some drama, David. So he put the bread maker sound in and he said, just react to that. We didn't know what it was. We didn't even know he'd done it. So it wasn't as even if he told us. He likes to get realism, you see. Anyway, he's absolutely furious that I'm talking about him. I think most people all think it's a joke. They'll assume that his existence isn't real anyway. Anyway, I am now standing at a turning point, a turning point in more ways than one. A turning point in the literal sense that this is a point where I turn, but also a figurative turning point, because this is the moment when I attempt to break a record. When I return to this particular point, it will be then a returning point, I will have hopefully succeeded in breaking my record. It'll be a personal best, I occasionally, very rarely, run up this stretch of road. It's about 0.8 of a mile and then run back down. However, I have not yet successfully managed to run it in one go. But that is my aim right now. I'm going to try and do it right now. Now, the problem is I could probably run a mile and a half absolutely fine if it was on the flat. I've just realised I've got, I haven't even put my running shoes on. I run so infrequently that I forgot that I even have running shoes, which are right next to the normal shoes that I wear. So I'm now wearing heavy shoes. Maybe I should go back and put my other shoes on. But that's what I'm going to go and do. Right. The director's absolutely thrilled with that development there. He said, going out in the wrong shoes. Wonderful bit of drama. And a bit of comedy as well, maybe, in the fact that I went out did that big speech and then realised I'd not put the appropriate footwear on. I've got these steel-capped toes. They're quite heavy. They're walking boots, essentially. They're not designed for the task that I'm about to undertake. So I went running in Canada with my sound man. He's not here as well, <laughs> in isolation with us. He's, he also keeps quiet. It's an absolute nightmare in this house. Now, this is the sound man for the young'uns. And we were doing a tour in Canada and he likes to go running, and I went out with him, and I hadn't run for quite a while, and he's quite an experienced runner. It was quite the experience, because I was completely out of my depth, and I was wearing the wrong shoes. I was wearing these shoes, probably, or shoes similar to this. I didn't have anything suitable for running in, so I was running in trousers. Well, I am running in trousers now, actually. I've also got a jumper on. Yeah, I might take my jumper off. That was probably a good idea. I mean, you can tell I haven't run for a while. <laughs> I've only just started to realise that I'm not ready for this experience in the slightest. I'm also going to have a drink of water while I'm back. It's difficult with water and running, knowing how much to have. Have too little, my throat feels dry, but if I have too much water, it's sloshing around in my stomach. 
it makes the running all the more difficult. So I went running when I was in Canada and even though I was in quite a lot of discomfort with the fact that I was wearing inappropriate footwear, but more so just the fact that my heart was beating so loudly and painfully in my chest because I just wasn't used to it and I was completely breathless. But because there was someone else there, because I was running with someone else, there was that accountability factor. So I just continued. I ran much further than I would have done if I was by myself. I would have given up 15 times sooner and I would have stopped so many times more because the, the pain would set in, there'd be a bit of discomfort and I think I'd push it maybe a tiny bit and then I'd go, no, that's enough. But here I couldn't, I had my pride at stake. So I continued. So I think running with someone else really does help. So the jumper's going off now. Countdown ladies, and of course homosexuals or even bisexuals or anyone perhaps who is, thinks they're heterosexual but the thought of me removing a layer of clothing has suddenly just stirred something in them and they're starting to question their sexuality perhaps anyway i'm just gonna take my jumper off the director's liking that bit he says you've had everything in this you've had a bit of drama a little bit of an anecdote you've set the scene you've teased the audience with what you're gonna do and you've also added in a bit of sexiness and you might think how do you know what the director thinks david because we've not heard him and you keep saying all oh, the director's happy about that he keeps stopping he stops he, he, we analyze every couple of minutes or so we we analyze we talk about what how, what went wrong what went right he's not happy about the fact that i mentioned him but as i say he's, he's just convinced that people think i'm lying are we really gonna have a, a director when we're all meant to be in isolation so there's actually five of us and we pretend there's only four of us so he's just assuming that you'll all think I'm joking about this. Anyway, so yes, it's easier to run when there's accountability. And that, I suppose, is where you come in. So I think we did like some five mile runs. And as I say, not wearing the right footwear and the right clothes, but because he wasn't stopping, I wasn't stopping. And I kind of found an inner strength that I wouldn't have had if I was by myself. And that's where you come in, my friends. Because if I say I'm gonna do this, I'm going to run the mile and a half, then I will do it. I've never succeeded in running this particular route right through. And the reason for that is because when I came back from Canada, I was all buoyed up by the idea of running. So I got myself some proper running shoes. And after about two minutes, I realized this is going to be so much more difficult than anticipated. I thought it was going to be easier because I thought, well, the weather's cooler. It was pretty hot at that point at the part of Canada where we were. And I wasn't wearing the right footwear. So I thought this is going to be so much easier. But it wasn't, because I forgot the fact that Sheffield is incredibly hilly. And there's a massive hill a minute or two into the run, and it doesn't really stop. So I'm not running on the flat. So the challenge, firstly, is to run that first point eight of a mile, which is essentially all uphill, and it's quite a gruelling hill. And then the majority of it after that is downhill slash flat. But it's just conquering that first bit, and I never succeed. But I feel as if I've got it in me. I feel as if I've got the strength somewhere to do this. And the fact that you're here with me. I think that surely should be enough for me to do this. But maybe they'll find me in a crumpled heap and they'll find this recording and they'll release it as a final episode of The Eagle is Stranded. So you don't know that I have succeeded. You don't know that I've survived this because this might be brought out posthumously. As are my wishes. If someone is listening to this and thinking we can't, it's not right, put it out there. So this could be the final ever episode of The Eagle is Stranded. Bear that in mind. Now the extra issue is going to be the fact that I've also, when I'm running normally, I'm not talking. But if I simply just run, then it's going to be rather boring. I mean, some people will disagree with the sound of me panting. And a lot of people I know will be quite happy just to hear that. And I've had requests. And perhaps in the future there will be a subscription service for that kind of thing. 
But no, this is not, this is a, a sporting thing. There's nothing sexual going on about this. So I want you to get that out of your head right now. So I've got to talk while I'm running. So that's going to make it even harder. <laughs> okay, hopefully you'll be able to hear me above all the wind. I don't mean the same kind of wind that we had a few days ago on our fart yoga special. I'm referring to the wind from outside, but I think we should be fine. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Good start here. Nice pace. And already the, the ascent has begun. A little bit of flat. That was a sharp hill to start off with. And finally a bit of flat. Oh, oh, there's a bike coming past me there. I turned my head just in time. Oh dear, just been hit by a bush. Already, I'm starting to think that I'm not as fit as I maybe thought I was when I had this idea. Part of me thought, I'll succeed with this because I'm recording there's that level of accountability. But even at this very early stage on this hill, oh God, I'm starting to think. And really, that I might pretend that I didn't have this idea and just do something else entirely. But the director behind me is saying, no, you cannot do that. And he is a real slave driver. And it's not easy, you know. You might think it's difficult sharing a house with three other people who don't normally share a house with each other, but are bound together because of the lockdown situation. Until you consider that we have to share it with this director who, you know, he has to sleep in the same bed as me and Ellie. And well, It's getting easier now. I think we've got a bit of flat here. And maybe I was distracted talking about the director there. And that maybe is the key to somehow distract myself. Now ideally, when you're running, you need to get into a rhythm with your breathing. It's difficult to do that when you're talking, so I'm at a big disadvantage there. We're about to turn this corner and then the hill begins. I'm leaning forwards. And I'm now really starting to think that this is an unachievable task. And, <clears throat> and there's a part of me, because I'm doing this in real time, is also oh, worried about the fact that this is probably 
not a particularly entertaining episode of The Eagle is Stranded. But <clears throat> I'm now at the point where I can't even think about that. I'm just continuing to run. I'm just slowing down the pace slightly. Just trying to keep momentum going. And I have no idea how far there is to go. <clears throat> but it feels like we might be getting to the top of the first bit. I think we've come to the de to the dead end. And there's a dog. Oh my goodness. That dog's made me run. I was just about to say I was thinking of stopping. But then as if the dog knew, it charged towards me. Um, I think the gate was shut, so it was fine. But it really went for the gate. Didn't sound like a friendly bark. <clears throat> Perhaps that dog is the reincarnated soul of my former PE teacher, who would always Shout! I was going to say words of encouragement, but they were they didn't strike me as particularly encouraging at the time. And I don't know. Anyway, we will never know whether it was, whether it was that dog was the reincarnated soul of my former PE teacher. Or not? I guess we'll never know. Well, <sighs> but I'm grateful to that creature because I, I think I would have stopped because I thought I'd reached the end of my tether. Oh yes, the director keeps me on a tether. It's one of his other weird disciplining methods. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> when I started running and I've kind of been an off and on thing with me <clears throat> I felt as if I was kind of conquering something within myself because as I say I used to hate running when I was at school my PE teacher would bark instructions and uh, how perhaps prophetic that I used the word bark given what we've just heard there I'm not even sure if my PE teacher is dead I suppose the first step would be to research that if it turns out that he is then that may be brings us closer to finding out the truth. And a jet of mucus has come out. Oh, that was mucus to my ears. Ah. Oh, but I feel that because I absolutely hated it and I felt like I had no power over my destiny, 
I was no way of controlling the onslaught of Bark's commands and then I had to run. I felt powerless to do anything else. I felt powerless over the situation. But now that I'm running by choice, I feel like I've maybe exercised that demon a little bit and that I am. I can stop, but I'm not stopping because of my own inner PA teacher and because there was a dog that sounded rather menacing and I'm aware now as this slope evens out that this perhaps hasn't been very entertaining however what it has lacked in entertainment value and comedy I feel I've made up for as a personal level in the fact that I've now reached the finish line and I couldn't have done it without that dog it feels like a very odd experience so I can now stop and take stock oh, thank you director my director has just handed me some gravy so I always like to drink after a run I tried I've stopped running now the the, the trademark humor is back <clears throat> oh don't make me run again dog <laughs> oh dear the great thing about running is that when you eventually stop everything just seems so quiet because your heart is beating so fast and it starts to slow down so everything around you you can hear the beating of your own heart and everything around you seems quiet and still and because your heart's beating so fast and you stood still and everything around you is sedate and calm it feels time has almost slowed down and it's very meditative in that way you've been running flat out well there's not much flat but now everything seems a lot quieter and a lot more tranquil and so not only do you get the exercise but you then get a extra bit of meditation as well so I hope you found something in this episode don't worry we'll we'll have Gina G news some point soon but maybe you can't get out maybe you're in a situation where you're not able to really get out for whatever reason maybe because you don't live in a particularly remote area or your health means that you have to stay at home and not wander out at all and hopefully this has been cathartic in some way. I walk home victorious. But could I have done it without the dog? I fear not. I don't think I could. I'm off now to research whether my PE teacher is still alive or not. If he isn't, then we'll take it from there. Perhaps I will enlist the help of an, some kind of psychic medium who can talk to animals. If anyone knows any animal-based past-life regression people, then let me know. I think it's worth exploring. Join me tomorrow for another episode.
of the eagle is stranded.